Listening to Onward with William McCarthy live from Brooklyn, New York. Hello, friends. I'm sitting in my headquarters and I'm looking through my window. Bright sun is coming through. New York is covered in snow. And here I am at the desk looking at all the amazing stuff going on. I just wanted to bring you guys into my world and share with you what's going on. Well, as I left it with you a couple days ago, I put out an ad and asked around New York City if anybody knew where I could find an inspiring rehearsal space. This was because I did a Facebook Live with you, and <laughs> you could hear a heavy metal shredder through the wall, and uh, this kept happening, and this is actually a really interesting topic. I came to the place that I realized I couldn't really write at the rehearsal space. I'm uh, I'm in my space here in New York, and to be honest, like I can write quite a bit in my home, but I can't really sing. I don't want to bother people, so I decided to go down to the rehearsal because I played a show uh, for a gathering in New York uh, last week, and it was a really nice experience, but getting ready for it left me feeling a little bit stumped on what to do with myself, so... I'm in this rehearsal space and I can hear, you know, like Eddie Van Halen through the wall. And I actually talked to the guy and I was like, look, you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> but I'm trying to be inspired over here and I don't really think it's going to happen. And, and when I was speaking to the guy, he looked so like dumbfounded as to why somebody would knock on his door. I realized that this is yet another New York situation where it's just population. Too many people, not enough space, landlords throwing stuff up quick, not very much insulation in the walls because it's expensive and they get as many people in there to maximize profit and to survive like we all have to and it's just nobody's fault. Well, I put out an ad on Facebook and it was absolutely stunning what happened. I didn't get many responses to be honest. I just said songwriter, Red Hook, New York, looking for a place. And uh, does anybody know some someplace inspiring? And so this woman writes back. She's like, "Do you, would you like to rehearse and 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 record on my ship?" <laughs> and I I had to laugh that that's kind of ironic. And I didn't. I was trying to like conceal my excitement, so I played it cool. Like, okay, um, I'll come down and check it out. And as I got down there, something kind of profound happened. Um, first, it's been on the sea for 75 years and it's one of the last it's one of the last american like tankers that you can visit and this woman has a nonprofit she was really really kind and she's been having a difficult time because she's obviously you have to house a boat and she's been trying to get it into a different space and she's up against like port authority which is like the the waterway authority in uh, new york city as well as the Coast Guard and all kind of FEMA grants and Hurricane Sandy. And she told me the story of like what she's trying to do and that she really feels like this boat is a part of our past, a part of our history, which naturally piqued my interest because I'm a history nerd. And she's got, and it's a museum. And when I came there, there was like little children there. 
and she was saying they were little pirates and it was like adorable. And I, I was looking at the boat and I was thinking, this is absolutely perfect. It was old, it was, uh, it was worn, it has all this like contour and texture to it. And I was just sitting in there like, wow, there's a very tiny little space heater in there. And she said, if you, you can sing all you want, I'm not gonna be able to hear you, I, I'm down in the bottom. So I was just like, I was standing there like, oh my God, there's gotta be some way where I can help this woman you know, get, bring attention to her cause and her boat as well as write. And I really feel like it might be a nice fit. I have a friend that's going through a bit of a hard time and I was talking to him and I was saying, you know, one thing you could do to help yourself, you know, kind of loosen things up so you can get some forward momentum in your life is potentially consider helping people. Um, when you're feeling low, it's a nice way to get momentum going in your life and start returning to yourself and feeling good again. Anyways, I'm not in a low point in my life. I'm in a very still point in my life and I'm building momentum for next year. And I was just thinking, wow, could this be like a big step in my new adventure towards 2018? So I can't, I, I think there's a lot to say here. The One of the things that I, I feel is that uh, you really, you must be brave and, and don't be afraid to ask for things from the world, you know, put it out there, see what happens. And, you know, I, I think it's intersected this woman and, and my life really beautifully. Um, I'm watching a cat out the window right now, <laughs> running through the snow and I'm thinking cats hate water. So they must certainly hate snow. Anyways. So back to the to the to the boat. Um, there'll be more about that. I I called Eric and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I spoke with the woman about potentially doing some live music there, like maybe having a a monthly music night or maybe a biweekly music night where I put together groups of people to play there. And I just think, how epic would that be in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of live music to invite people to be on a ship? surrounded in snow and absolutely frigid waters and sit and listen to like people singing and sharing moments with friends and wine. Oh my God. So on the home front, that's like the biggest development I can even tell you about in so long. So why I have secured this ship as a writing space is because I'm starting to write for a new record now. So um, what else is on the table? So writing, yes, I'm exp I, and I, I started to see a theme actually, like, hmm, coming home, hmm, living in Berlin, hmm, band ending, solo transitional year, and then he, then the character of this, this biography comes home to his old neighborhood and begins writing on a ship when his breakout record was Risey Sunken Ships, and it's just like, wow, I don't know, um, serendipity, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to think about it too much. I'm just going to go down to that ship and bundle up before I go and strum my guitar and see what happens. Uh, okay. So I'm coming to London. That's, that's another thing to talk about. The show sold out and like, I don't even know. There was like varying reports. Some person said, a few people said it happened in minutes. Someone said it happened in an hour. Someone said a few hours. Regardless, it's still sold out within a, a half a day. So I'm really moved by that. And 
I think it's going to be a fucking great time. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited to see all of you. And pardon me if I'm like on more of a community kick than I normally am. It's just uh, a, a friend of mine named Pascal Berger, who's an onwarder from Switzerland. Uh, he was being a sweetheart. And when I was riding around on my motorcycle this summer, I went by and visited him. And he let me keep my stuff at his house while I went down to Italy. And um, I think I went onward to uh, the Balkans, I think, from his house. But regardless, I left my guitar there. And Pascal just sent me a really cool clip. Um, I think they're in some kind of ski lift, probably in Switzerland or somewhere in Europe. And it's him and his band. Um, and they're playing a beautiful song. And Pascal's playing my guitar. And I was just thinking, God, that's fantastic, man. Um... I discussed with the woman um, on the ship about how we all used to make tapes for each other and mixtapes. And I was saying, you know, these days there's algorithms that try to like present you with music you would like. And I was thinking, God, we used to be the algorithm. <laughs> and I was thinking in being the algorithm and channeling, you know, your taste, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your past, your future, your now... And intersecting with another person, it's kind of amazing the impact that we can have on each other. And as I see this ship, you know, it's less than a mile from my house on the water. And I see this clip of Pascal playing a guitar that I used to play on stage with Augustine's. Um, that's having its own lifetime and it's traveling with these guys now. Um, and just him supporting me through uh, Patreon and me supporting him just as a, a, a you know a fellow musician just it's feeling pretty fantastic uh okay so moving on i've been asking you guys about living room shows and the reason is is because essentially with with uh booking agents you know they have to book out a room they have to reserve a room they have to pitch it to the uh to the owners of the room, the promoters, and then they pitch, say, a Wednesday night in July, and that would be the William McCarthy night, and then the promoters, and they go back and forth about what the price of the tickets should be, how to promote it, how much promotion to give it, um, and how to get the room full, and so everyone prospers, they sell beer, um, the musicians sell their t-shirts, everyone has a great time, and the tours can go on. Uh, I was looking at this, and the only thing that is difficult about it is that you really have a limited amount of touring capabilities. Um, some, I don't know, maximum two tours a year, um, then festivals, which is a pretty normal year. And uh, it depends also where, where you're at, if you're solo, if you're a band, if you're a small band, if you're a sprawling band. Um, I just was sitting there thinking, I want to play more than two tours, though. <laughs> And I also want to play, I get emails from people from South Africa, Australia, Scandinavia, um, different parts of Europe, Southern Europe, the American South, the Southwest, the Midwest, Canada. And a fellow wrote me and he was saying, you know, how about Ottawa? Have you thought about coming up here? And so we're discussing some stuff. I'm also discussing with some other people a California show in Southern California and I really like this because it's off the grid. I feel like kind of like a, I'm parachuting into a foreign land and bringing my 
like a bard. I'm bringing my song and my stories and song and spending an evening with people in an intimate way. I don't know how it will go. I've never done one. But since I've brought the topic up to my community, all kinds of people are coming out with amazing stories about oh this guy I loved this you know band for years and the guy you know threw it out there just like you're doing and people responded and um he came and he played and it it funded his trip there and everyone ate and no one had to go stand at a bar at a loud bar um no one was getting slimed on by you know people trying to pick him up and it just seems like a big win and as i wrap up my book um, as yet untitled, I've got to figure out the title. It's like driving me nuts. But as I finish my book, I just think, wow, now I'm connecting this with what happened at the rehearsal space. If you just put it out there and you ask for it, maybe, you know, you can manifest some interesting stuff. So as I do the book and I get into kind of deeper tissue stuff about my own biography and my journey and what has meant stuff to me and what has been kind of fluff and not meant anything at all. I realized that I've been to the mountaintop. In many ways, I've been to the, to the rodeo, and I've seen the grand show in, in the theater of in the grand theater of music internationally, and I've seen what it has to offer. I've seen my heroes, I've met my heroes, I've, I've dined with them, you know, backstage at festivals, and I've, I've seen this all, and I'm starting to realize that the joy isn't so much the stage as it is the process to get to the stage. And I think that's kind of an interesting metaphor. I I saw something recently, it was a, I think it was a TED talk, and the guy was saying, you know, I would tell young people, be careful of that big dream, that big dream. Maybe it's a series of little dreams along the way. And I thought that was really interesting. So as I get into the book more and I start thinking about it, I start realizing the things that meant a lot to me are when Eric and I were putting together what would later on be Augustine's, would be changed to We Are Augustine's and then back to Augustine's. But when we were coming up with that, the template and the infrastructure and how it would look and little differences like, okay, I'm going to wear my fedora in, in this band, not like Pela, where I wore, you know, a beanie cap or a winter cap or whatever. Like this will be this will this will be a chance for me to kind of embrace the things I loved when I was a little boy, like cowboys and detectives and Dick Tracy and things like that. I want to rock a fedora. That's a little different. And it started he's coming alive in front of us. Hmm. We're just a two piece. We're gonna go record chapel song, just us two. Let's not even Let's not even pretend that we have a band. Let's just be who we are right now. And it's sparse. And I think putting thought into those things is the little journey along the way. And that's where my joy comes from. So the Living Room Show series and the pop-up shows, this is an extension of investing myself and opening myself to the joy of the little moments and not the big, you know, Brixton Academy show or whatever aspirations bands have. So feeling like a proper troubadour, um, I'll be heading over to London and then I want to pop over to Germany. I want to check on my motorcycle, maybe say hi to Stelios, maybe pop over and see Pascal and then ultimately go down to Italy and collect my bags that got <laughs> stolen that, 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 that were at the police station that our friend Rosella 
went and collected for me. So I'll go down to uh, Italy and grab that and come back. Um, with any luck, there'll be a California show and a Canadian show. And I anticipate more of these. I would not mind playing Mexico. I would not mind playing Scandinavia. And there's so many places. So I'm putting the word out that I'm open to it. And it's really just a flight and bringing a full heart and a bunch of songs and people that are patient enough to sit through and listen to somebody do storytelling and play songs, which I think, if I think about my heroes, like the people that I do the lungs stories about, like if I imagine Mike Ness in a living room, um, growing up as a social distortion fan, if I imagine Mike Ness sitting in a living room that was catered and there was food and like endless drink for everyone to sit and just get to know each other, I think that would be like the most perfect thing ever. So again, I'm not the type of person that has company a lot at my house. I, you know, I cringe when I think about, you know, a wedding or something and putting, I'm always afraid of putting people out, but maybe 2018 is not about, um, it's maybe about getting over that and pushing myself and putting it out there more than ever. And anyways, guys, um, I just want to say thank you for being there for me as we wrap up. Uh, December is putting us towards January and February, which is a whole year of um, Onward from my podcast and um, my community and the Onward community. I just want to say thank you. I'm sitting in an apartment. Um, it is skinny and long and weird. <laughs> There's some weird neighbors. Um, I had an old man call me a cocksucker the other day in a wheelchair. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but I appreciate his uh, his directness, being forthright with his feelings with the, with the new tenant. I think there's some gentrification fears that loom with the old the old school cats in Brooklyn, and I think I don't know maybe my tweed coat and haircut make him think that I'm wealthy, but hey, it's his neighborhood. I get it. Um, I'm sitting in a in a heated apartment right now, and I'm very very lucky. And I want you guys to know, I think you do know, that I work really hard every day. I wake up, I was up at 6.45 today writing an email uh, about the American touring world and what I want to do with it in 2018 and how to get America going again. And so there's a lot of excitement. I love to wake up early. I love to show up early and stay late, so I'm cracking on it. I just went to the post office yesterday. More Lyric letters are on their way. Man, I under underestimated that one. <laughs> hey, I'll send letters to you guys. Whoa, how did I know it would be like a three-month odyssey? Like, there's only so much my wrist can do in a day. That's what it really is. Um, and I generally, because of the time zones in Europe, I kind of wake up and crack on the business stuff early just so people, I don't burden them with having to get, uh, you know, those people having to do business when they're off hours. So I try to hit it early. And then, so today will be lyric letters, songwriting, and some holiday thinking. Jesus. Um, yeah, I'd like to visit my sister for Christmas. Not sure. Um, probably sticking around here, though. And now I'm just rattling on. So I'll wrap it up. Everyone, thank you guys. Um, I've, oh, sorry, that Skype hangs. How fun is this? Big fun seeing you in your homes, in your space, with your thoughts, your fears, your aspirations, and me in my place. What a cool, cool thing. Once again, intersecting lives. It's awesome. So 
thanks again for people who got a hold of the tickets. It sends a nice, clear message to the agents that book these shows that like, wow, this guy wants to play and people want to see him. So thank you for that, guys. Thank you for having my back. Onward and upward, 2018, you're all mine. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for your care, for your support, for your patience, and for your love, and for your um, direct messages. I read them all, and I try to get back to you always, and I'm sending you all my best. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from Brooklyn, New York.